the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. This one particular night, the phone did ring, and my head is all splitting, and it's all groggy, and I'm trying to wonder who's on this other line, what is happening. And when my mind cleared, and I answered the phone, this person was a friend of mine who said that another friend of ours went through a tremendous tragedy. He told me about how that this man, who is a tremendous Bible teacher, loves people. He's a great Christian. He's an academic dean in a very thriving Bible college on the mainland. How that that man had a son and a brand new daughter-in-law that was returning from Florida, driving through Georgia, and was involved in a horrific automobile accident. And his son died, and his brand new daughter-in-law died at the same time. And I couldn't help but think how that whole family has now been shattered and how the shockwaves have now touched many other families because of that, through that one accident. And your mind could go on and on to just hear how the pain could have been for that family. I couldn't talk to our friend because he was so broken up over the loss. But I believe if I did, he would respond by saying, I am definitely just a clay pot. I'm fragile and easily broken. And maybe some of you have gone through something similar to that, maybe not to that extreme, and you could say, I'm just a clay pot, fragile and easily broken. Well, sometimes it's good for us to pause long enough in the hustle and bustle of our life, especially here in Hawaii, and to realize how fragile and easily broken our life can be. Besides pastoring here, I'm also called upon by one of our local mortuaries here to step in and to give messages for families who have no pastor. Now, I love doing that because I get a chance to minister the word to people who probably never had the word given to them before. And here I am providing a message to them from the word while I'm staring down at an urn or a casket. Sometimes they're very large. The ones that cause me great pain are when the caskets are very small because it's usually of a child or an infant who has passed away. But that does get me to think about my own mortality. And I can't hardly remember a funeral or memorial service when I didn't end it by saying that when we come to these things and we see the brevity of life in our friend, our family member, it does cause us to ask a question. Why am I here? Where am I going with my life? And we begin to think about what's going to happen to us. So we go through this fragility of life. In a book written by Pat Conroy called South Abroad, he writes this. He says, the moment you are born, your death is foretold by your newly minted cells as your mother holds you up, then hands you to your father, who gently tickles the stomach where the cancer will one day form, perhaps. He'll study the eyes where the melanoma's dark signature is already written along the optic nerve. We'll touch the back where the liver will one day house maybe cirrhosis and feel the bloodstream that will sweeten itself into diabetes. It admires the shape of your head where the brain will fall to the axe handle of a stroke or listens to your heart, which, exhausted by the fearful ways and humiliations and indecencies of life, 
will explode in your chest like a light going out in the world. Death lives in each one of us and begins its countdown on our birthdays and makes its rough entrance at the last hour in the perfect time. That sounds pretty morbid, doesn't it? But what it does do is this. It lets us know that all of us are just one heartbeat away from death. And I don't know where you are right now, but should death come to you or a family member, are you ready yet to face it? Another person said this, we are all dying. In fact, when we were born, we say hello to life. And then the moment after that, for the rest of our life, it's the long goodbye to life because we're now heading towards our own demise. And so I have to tell you that there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of birds that they're bearing. And I'd like to come alongside you in some measure to encourage you to maybe encourage them. I also read where it said it's a great advance spiritually to be able to say, I believe God has allowed this difficulty for my good and his glory. Can you look back at a time that you were facing the greatest crisis of your life, however it was for you, and we're not going to compare scars, that you could still say that this is good that it's happened to me because it's building character in my life and it will bring glory to the Lord. That's really a statement from someone who is well advanced in their spiritual maturity. And I hope that all of us would be able to say that when we face our own crisis in our life. Well, I'd like to leave you just one verse, but in this verse, there are four most important power-packed statements in it that are absolutely true, so you could hang on to that when you feel like the wheels are coming off the wagon of your life. So let's look at those verses right now. If you will, look at first, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. And I'd like you to read it out loud with me so that we can all hear each other read God's word together. It goes like this. We are hard on every side, yet not crushed. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Now, those four statements are always true. Now, we don't know how much you will be kind of battered by life. Some will be more, some will be less. And I think if you know human nature and people, they have different levels of pain that they can endure. Some can go through a a tragedy that we would look at and say, we'd never be able to make it through that tragedy. And they've been able to make it through. Some, it's just a little bit, and it becomes a great tragedy to them. We often refer to those type of people as drama kings and drama queens. It doesn't take much to rattle their cages. So we're not here to compare scars with one another. But when that avalanche of affliction hits us, let's remember this verse. So I'm going to preach through it phrase by phrase, but I'd like to strongly encourage you that you would memorize this verse, you would then meditate on it, own it, so that when you're facing that tremendous affliction, you can say, you know, Lord, this is bringing character into my life and glory to you. And it'll happen when we really own this verse. So why should we not be knocked out when we're knocked down? Here's number one, because pressure will not defeat us. Look at the first part of that verse. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Well, I don't know about you, but there are times in our lives that sometimes we feel like the whole world is kind of coming in around us where we can hardly breathe. That particular word, pressed, is a Greek word that came in Greek writing to illustrate two points. Here's one. One time it was used when it talked about that you're in a mob and the mob is so close to you that you're getting claustrophobic because the mob is like coming down around you and kind of smothering you. It's like those people that try to get out of a soccer stadium and they can't get out fast enough and people are pressing them and some are falling and being stepped on and crushed. That'd be that kind of pressure that's around them. 
number of years ago, Carol and I had to go into Mexico, but we went over the border to do that. So we drove up to the border. We walked across the border bridge there in Laredo. Then we came back from New, uh, Laredo to Nueva Laredo, back with the Texas size. And while we did, we were late in the day, and there were so many people that were trying to get across the border, across the bridge. And to do that, we had to wait at this light because traffic was going. Well, then the light turned, and it was like one big mob of people were so pressing upon Carol that they kind of picked her up, and I'm kind of back in the crowd as the crowd is pushing me back because everybody's trying to head to the bridge to get across the bridge at a certain time. And my wife now, is I could tell her, as Christian as she is, she's now starting to tremble because she doesn't do well in elevators and claustrophobic places. So all I could do was tell her to do this. I said, honey, just look up. So I'm screaming, just look up. Now, if you're a Christian, you're thinking, isn't that so sweet? Just look to Jesus. Well, that is true. But sometimes if you look up, then you don't feel or see the crowd that's smothering around you. Well, for some of you, there may not be a crowd of people that is pressuring you, but there could be the pressures of life, and it would be good for you to just look up. The second time this word pressed is used It's used as a wine press. And I think you could see that it would be in Greek writing because there would be a lot of wine and they would take the the grapes and they would begin to step on them. they put them in a press. Some of you will do it with coffee. You might use a coffee press and you know what I'm talking about to get all of that out of the coffee bean. Well, when you're getting in life and the afflictions are coming, sometimes it's not the first one. You're able to kind of shake it off. And the second one, you can kind of shake it off. And the third one, you kind of step back a little bit. The fourth and fifth one, now you really get reeling and that's the pressures of life. Well, now we could talk about the pressures, but I'd rather talk about what God says as a promise to you when you do feel that pressure. Look at the rest of the verse. It says, yet not crushed. Now, while you might mark your Bible and say we're hard pressed and we're not crushed, I like to circle the phrase on every side. That means that you could be attacked financially. You could be attacked by your friends. You could be attacked by your uh, foes. You could be attacked by your fitness. So many things could come around you to press you on every single side, but no matter what it is, you will not be crushed. A couple other translations say it this way. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. Another one says, we catch it from every direction, but we don't let them squeeze the life out of us. Another one says, we're hard pressed on every side. We are never hemmed in. That means God always has a way of escape, so keep your eyes looking up and looking on him. So why should we not be knocked out? Because pressure will not defeat us, but also because confusion will not discourage us. Look at verse 8 again. It says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Sometimes life will throw curveballs at you. Things will happen that you just didn't expect. Something that just didn't happen the way you planned it. I don't know why, if it's just me or God is just trying to build more character into my life, it seems that as I go through life as a pastor, I'm a and many of you know me, I'm one of those kind of guys that I have my, my, my schedule laid out, I have my goals, I have my sub-goals, I know how I'm going to get to where I'm going, I know how I'm going to get there, and I know how to get everybody else to their goals and what goals they should set. In fact, one guy at camp, we sat down for two hours, and he says, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, I don't know what I'm, I'm in the military, I don't know if I'm going to stay in the military, I don't know what I should do with my life. And I said, you know what, I could tell you. I says, I've got a whole system here, and now where do I belong? The problem with that, and some of you are saying, yeah, that's what we ought to be, is have all these goals. You know what the problem with that is? Guys like me, we can set the goals, we're disciplined to follow those goals. And that's, that's a strength. But an overextension of a strength is a weakness. That means I don't have time when you call me when I'm already too busy. I don't have time when you go through an issue and I might need to stop. I walk too fast through the crowds and I don't walk slowly through the crowds that I should. So there's always back and forth on these things. So there's a confusion in our life. 
And that's going to happen everywhere we go. But that confusion doesn't need to, to end it for us. And I love that phrase. Even though we're confused, we don't have to be discouraged. I think that's so very, very important for us. I like to say this. I might be confused because I don't always see the God from God's perspective, God's big picture. I may, not be, conf- I may be confused, but Jesus is never confused in our life because he is in control of everything I can control. He either prescribes it for my life or permits it for my life. He also says, whatever I throw into your life, he says, I will never leave you in that. And whatever it is, is to bring glory to me. And ultimately, if you're a Christian, you still have heaven as your home and all the rewards waiting for you up there. So in other words, whatever's happening in your life, you will not be destroyed. God says there's no need for us to be discouraged, no need for despair, even though we don't have all the knowledge to see the whole big picture. So let me ask you this question. Are you facing some things in your life right now that you just don't know why is it happening to you? Are you facing something right now that in your own mind you're trying to sort out and to correct or to redirect in your life, recalibrate, we might say, and the more you try, it seems like the harder you go, the behinder you get. If that's your case, then I want you to know that God is on the throne right now. And he says, even though you're going through those times of desperation and saying, I don't know what's happening, you don't have to be discouraged because God is in control. And right now, it's okay that you're in the backside of the desert because God is growing the bush that he's going to set on fire to reveal where you should be going, if you know what I mean from Moses. So please hang on to the Lord right now. Remember that he loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. So don't get discouraged, even if you don't have all the answers. Just remember who has all the answers. It's the Lord. Let's look at number three, why I don't have to be knocked out even though I'm knocked down. Opposition will not deter us. Opposition will not deter us. Some of you might feel that the opposition is coming so much in your life right now that you need an absolute present-day miracle for that to be released from your life because there's so much coming against you. I don't know if that's with you or not, but I have to tell you that God is never more near you than when a miracle is needed. Now think about that. God is never more near you than when you need to have a miracle in your life. If you look at the life of Christ, most every time there was something that needed to be done in a miracle in someone's life, there was the Lord to perform it for that particular person. Now think about that, how important it is. I remember I had a young man in my office when I was dean of men at a Bible college in Florida. And this guy was preparing for the ministry. And as he was preparing for the ministry, he said, uh, Dr. Pons, I, um, I don't have hardly any money. I don't know if I can pay my school bill. I don't know if I can pay my, my, my rent. I, I don't know. How am I going to make this happen in my life? What's going to happen? I said, you know what? When you are at the absolute end of what you think you could do to solve your own problems, that's where God is going to be. Do you know that you are just one moment away from a miracle of God? I had a Bible teacher that was led to the Lord by Billy Sunday. And he told me this. He said, Stan... He says, no matter how bad you think it is, how much you feel like people are coming against you. And then he'd show me this. He'd say, look up here. He'd say, you see this? And he'd take his finger, his little finger, and he would wiggle it like this. And I was wondering, what in the world is this guy doing, Dr. Mark Cameron? What's he wiggling his finger? He said, look at that finger. He says, as long as you have a little finger that you can wiggle, that gives God all the time necessary to do a miracle in your life to provide for you. And then he said, and do you know what? You could live 40 days without food even if you had to. And God could do a miracle in your life. 
I don't know what crisis you're facing right now, and you might see that it's even getting worse, and every letter, every email, every bill, every note, every text, every message you get, you feel like the opposition is coming against you. I can still say, as long as you can breathe, better yet, as long as you can wiggle that little finger, I want you to know God still has time to do a miracle in your life. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I know he will do it because, like we sung today, how much he loves you and me. So do not despair when that happens. Now, let me tell you. Go back to the verse here. It says, when we are persecuted, we're still not forsaken. The word persecuted, when you hear the word persecuted, you're thinking about the actual act of being persecuted right then. Maybe you're being yelled at, you're being marginalized, you're being made fun of, whatever it might be. Actually, the word is not so much the act of being persecuted where like you'd be in a fiery furnace kind of persecution. Actually, it's the word you're pursued. Another translation says you're being hunted down. That means while you're living your life, it just seems like the opposition is just looking for areas to bring you down. It could be someone on your job who's an upline person in your life, and they're just watching you, hoping that you'll fail so you can, they can write you up or they can play politics in your life. It could be a family member that's coming against you, and all they're doing is seeking ways that they can come against you to show you that you're a nothing and you're a jerk or whatever else you might be. They're pursuing you. Whatever it might be, that's the kind of opposition that's coming against you. And look at the rest of it. The promise is this. Even though that you go through this particular feeling, of these people persecuting you, you're not going to be forsaken. Now, if you need to have an example of that, just go to the Bible and read the life of Paul. He was persecuted. They maligned his message. They mocked his preaching. They pursued him to the point of killing him or nearly killing him that they thought he was dead, so they drug him outside the city and they dumped him on, a, on an old rock pile garbage pit. And the reason they did that is they would do it with poor people who had no family to get rid of the body, and they threw them out there, so persecuted. And then he got up again, and he went back into the city, preached the message. The people didn't like it, so they found other people and got them mad at Paul, too, so that these people would come against them as their posse, and he was chased everywhere he would go. Sometimes he'd have to be let down out of a city in a basket so that he could flee to go to the next city to do what? Do it all over again. So I don't know where you're at right now. Do not run from God. Stay with him. Stay connected to him because at any moment, God could do that miracle to come alongside you. So even if you feel hunted down, don't give up. There's a great Bible preacher that is now in heaven. He started a school called Bob Jones University. Bob Jones Sr. said this, the door of opportunity swings on the hinges of opposition. And I like that. So... If you want to put this on your paper, there's two ways to look at it. When you have opposition in your life, then I want you to know that God gives you an opportunity to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. So think about what's coming against you right now, and it gives you an opportunity now to stand on your integrity in Christ, your Christian ethics, your Christian morals. You stand on Christ. So every opposition gives you another opportunity to show the contrast of what the world would do when something comes against them. Now let me flip it. All right. Another way to look at it is this, that every time you have a wonderful opportunity, I want you to know that Satan and all of his world will be unleashed against you to bring opposition. So while opposition will give you an opportunity, opportunity then can also give you opposition. And so know that whenever you're facing the Lord on this, he wants to come to you and really bless you. One of the uh, early times that I felt opposition, not satanic attack so much, but just a little bit of opposition. 
I was learning about how God operated and he started early in my life. I was a young man and I wanted to go on radio. And I had no money. I had no really know how to do this. I came from a, a family that was really not into any technology at all. I'm kind, of the, I'm kind of I'm the black sheep of our family, so to speak. And so as a young Christian, I said, I'd love to go on radio. So I studied everything of what equipment, what I really need, and how to do it so I could produce a radio program. I wanted it to be five minutes a day, five days a week, and that little five-minute vignette be able to teach Christians on Christian radio how to share the simple gospel to other people. I went to my... Went to my dad, and I was so excited because the Bible says, go to your dad for advice when you want to make decisions. It talks about being under authority. And so I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, guess what? I researched this. This is the kind of uh, recording system I needed. This is the kind of microphone. This is the kind of mixer. And look at Dad. This is what I should get. And he said, no, son. He said, I don't think you should buy all of that with your money. I said, what do you mean? He said, wait until you have all your money. Then go buy it when you have enough to do it, to get on the air. And I said, Dad, I just barely have enough for this equipment right here. He says, and my dad was a wise man. He said, you asked me for advice. I love you. I'll give you the advice one time. It's not going to change. And so no use talking about it. And so that was the end of the discussion. So I said, okay, the Bible says submit to authority, honor your mother and father. I said, I'm going to honor my mother and father. They're right. I'll go ahead and back off. But inside I'm saying, my dad doesn't know. This is the great, I got to get this stuff. It might not be here the next time. One month later, the trade magazine came to me. That very same recording system that I wanted to buy went on sale at half price. So I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I want to thank the Lord that I listened to you. And now look at this, Dad. Look what you did. I, I can get this at half price and now I should get it. He said, no, not until you have all the money for all the equipment. Remember, that was the advice I gave you. And I said, but Dad, 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 look what the Lord did. He cut it in half. Now, Truly, in my heart, I am now having inner tension. My dad now, who I love very much, who I know loves me, turned to be my greatest opposition to what I wanted to do for my goal. Are you tracking with me? Because I started the sermon by telling you I'm goal-oriented, okay? And so I'm trying to get to that goal. However, there was a governor in my life called the Holy Spirit that reminded me that I still need to honor my dad. I need to honor those that have the rule over me. So I felt very much persecuted. And so I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what should I do? And all I could say is that I can't say there was any voice or maybe there's a prompting, but it just said, honor your mother and father so that things will go well with you. So I backed off on that whole deal. I moved from one state to another state. I moved to San Antonio, Texas. Carol and I did. I got our house set up. As soon as I got our house going, I went to the local radio station there and I said, I have this dream. Sounds like somebody else I know. And I said, I have this dream. I would love to get on Christian radio. And I'd like to know, would there even be an interest for you at this Christian station to have a five-minute-a-day program, five, five days a week, and calling it Make It Clear? Those of you, we do have the name now. Make It Clear. So I said, I'd like to do that. The guy then stood up from behind his desk, and he said, I have never heard of any show in all of Christian radio that was designed to be five minutes. They're 30 minutes, they're an hour, they might be 15, and none on how to help Christians to share their faith and give the gospel to other people. And he put his head down, and I thought, oh my goodness, now this is coming against me. I can't even convince him. And he looked up at me and he said, this program is so cool. He says, do you have any equipment? And I said, I would have, but uh, I honored my dad. I said, I don't have any. He said, you don't need any. I'm going to give you the key to our radio station. And to give you the key to the radio station, I'm going to give you the key to this entire 
high-rise office building so you can get in anytime you want, use all of our equipment, which is like hundreds of thousands of dollars, produce your own program absolutely free. We'll put you on the radio as often as we can, no charge at all. Now, what I'm basically saying is this. Sometimes opposition will come from those enemies that you know are enemies. They're enemies of God. They're enemies of the gospel. They're enemies of Christian values. But sometimes we will translate people who just oppose us and what we think is right. And we think now that they are enemies when often God is using them to build character in our life to bring glory unto him. So can you for just a moment allow God to bring those enemies into your life, those opposers into your life, and to see what he wants to do so that you could see a miracle happen? And now I'm nobody special. I'm just one little tiny voice in the wilderness crying out with this truth. If you need to have it really substantiated, look at the wonderful Bible characters in the Old Testament who faced incredible opposition, but they were never forsaken by the Lord. And when the Lord did a miracle in their life, character was built, faith in their life, and glory was given to him. And if you say, where do I begin? I don't even know what story should I use. Go back to the New Testament then and read Hebrews chapter 11, and you're going to see a litany of one illustration after another that is illustrating and validating the very point that I'm making here that's coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, which is simply, we're persecuted, people will hunt us down, but we're not going to be forsaken. And I hope you know that. And some of you might be wondering, well, how's your relationship with your dad? I love my dad. That relationship only made it stronger because now my dad could hug, we can hug one another and say, I'm so glad I listened to you. And my dad at the time, he's now in heaven. He sure liked to remind me of that, though, I have to tell you. Let me read it to you now. Another verse in another version. It goes like this. A wide door for the effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So let me bring this to you before I go a little bit further here and get to the next point. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. 